Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. The psalmist began with an acknowledgement of who God is, the one who is high above it all, for indeed he made it all. He is the great creator, the one who found, formed the foundations of the earth. That is our God. When we go outside, we spend time in nature as those people we read about in Romans 1 did. They looked at the creation and they saw God. They saw who He was. The text said they saw His power and His Godhead. And so God said there without excuse, when you see God in nature, when you see His power, when you see His deity, there is no excuse but to be in awe and to wonder and to feel the presence of God all around. But then the psalmist was driven to ask the question, that every one of us asks of ourselves probably often, who can stand in the presence of God? When we see how great and powerful and mighty He is and all that He has done, who can stand in His presence? Because we know who we are. We know what we've done. We know where we've been. We know the bad. We know the ugly. But then the psalmist answers his own question. The one who is of a pure heart, he will see God. The abundant life is a life lived in anticipation of a life lived with God. We've been talking all year about the abundant life. I think it has been good that we talk about the abundant life because all of us would probably say we've missed some of it by the things we've been held away from. But those things don't keep us away from the real abundant life, which is the life based on, I want to see God. I want to be with God. And the abundant life gives us the opportunity to get a taste of it here so that we can experience it forever there. The psalmist said that God is there and I can come to his presence and I can be in his presence because of a pure heart and a clean mind. He then says, get ready, because God is coming. Open the doors, spread them wide, because God is coming. The fact of the matter is, life is about we are living here and we will go there and God will come and meet us. 
Therefore, whether we want it or not, we are all going to be in the presence of God someday. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's going to happen. And the psalmist said, he's coming. Glory is his name. We must be people who go to him ready to meet him when he meets us. And the psalmist identifies the way to do it. Have a pure heart. That theme, of course, is what Jesus said in, in our text for the day. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want us to notice two parts to that beatitude as we think about the pure in heart. Number one, I would suggest, blessed are the pure in heart, for they are pure in heart. David, the psalmist, had already asked the question, who can stand in his presence? It is interesting that his son asked the same question in Proverbs 20 in verse 9. Who can stand before God? David knew who he was. Solomon knew who he was. And we know who both of them were. We know about Solomon because in the Ecclesiastes letter, he talks about all the things that he had done in life, and he didn't hold himself from any one of them. He experienced the full life that's out there, committing all those things that should not have been done. He knew who he was. And his father knew who he was. We know who he was in 2 Samuel 11. When giving in to the temptations of life, he had, he fathered a child by a woman, not his wife, and then had her husband killed trying to cover it up. He is also the one in 2 Chronicles at the end of that book who decided, I'm going to count the people. I want to know how mighty my army is. And his own general said, don't do it. We have God. Who cares what our numbers are? And God was angry. We know who David was. There are things that he did that not one of us in this room have ever done or would ever do. I know who he was. But I also know that when God chose him as a little boy to be the king of his people, it's recorded again in Acts 13 and verse 22. 
from the event of his being crowned or chosen in 1 Samuel, he is a man after my own heart. Because you see, the actions of life don't need to damage the heart. When David was chosen to be king and called the man after God's own heart, he did all of those things later. But it was still recorded of him in Acts 13. Because all of those things need not damage the heart. If you have been a part of God's family for a long, long time. If you became a Christian when you were quite young, maybe in your teens, you, like I, have been far worse individuals after being baptized than we were before. That creates some kinds of mental trouble in many people. I've counseled many through the years who have said, well, I was so bad after I was being baptized, I had been baptized into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins, and yet I was so bad afterwards, I don't think I knew what I was doing before. That doesn't follow. That's not logical. Every stage of life presents new challenges and new temptations presented in ways that you may never have encountered them before. And we're going to fail. And just like David who said, I know who I am. And in Psalm 51, he said, created me a clean heart. Oh God, he understood that when those actions begin to damage the heart, you can get a new one. In Ezekiel 18, and in Ezekiel 36, God through the prophet said to his people, I'm going to take out the stone heart from your flesh and give you a new heart of flesh. I'm going to take out the hardened one, and I'm going to give you a soft one. And while the actions of this life don't need to damage the heart, it can still be pure. We're constantly in need of renewal. It doesn't make sense that a person having been baptized into Jesus Christ after every stage of life needs to be baptized again because now I know more than I did at this stage of life. And one more stage, I'll even know more theoretically. It's not what it's about. 
But the reason it comes up is because of the struggle. We know that Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. But then I look at myself. And maybe you look at yourself. And you begin to question, do I have a pure heart? Our prayer constantly should be not only to be forgiven, but also, God, see my heart that it's not what it's expressing in my life. So now number two, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart will see God because God is focused on the pure heart. God is focused. When Psalm 24 was written, David understood that God is there. And I think he saw himself underneath God. God was focused on him. When God focuses on a pure heart, he's focusing on a single-minded heart. James chapter 4 and verse 8, the writer said, Cleanse your hearts, you sinners. Purify your hands, you double-minded. To have a pure heart is to be single-minded. To be focused. God is looking for that. He's focusing on, am I a single-minded person? It's not that I don't have interests and likes and things that I've view and see all of the time, but rather the undergirding idea of all that we have is to be single-minded. Practically speaking, when you meet a new person, does it cross your mind about the possibility of that person being influenced by you to know the Lord? Does that come into your mind? When you're at work and everybody sees the work that you're doing, does it ever cross your mind, I am doing this because I'm a Christian, because I am wanting my work to be reflective of the God that I serve When you are engaged in the fun stuff of your life, do you think about God in the midst of the recreation? You see, that is single-minded focus, and God's looking. He's focused. God is focused on those who are prepared The pure in heart will see God because he's focusing on them. 
and they're prepared. In Job 11 and verse 13, when his friend Zophar had some things to say about him, and of course, they said things that God never said. Zophar said, prepare your heart to get right before God. The principle is true. A pure in heart person, God is focused on because they are prepared. Are you ready? When someone says, I really need to know the Lord, are you prepared to help them find Him? That's a person God's focusing on. Am I prepared? Number three, God is focusing on the mature. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 22, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, Flee youthful lusts, and then pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace with all those who call upon God with a pure heart. God is focused on the pure in heart because they are mature. They know how to leave some things behind. And they know how to hold on to things that they need to. God is focused. Oh, the pure in heart will see God because God is focused on them. Am I that? What about this final idea describing what God focuses on? Titus 1, verse 15. It's an interesting way of stating something. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled is nothing pure. That doesn't sound right. So, to the pure, if you are a pure-hearted person, then even sin is pure? Well, that doesn't make any sense. That's psychotic. How many criminals do terribly bad things and never one time feel bad about it? It's pure to them. Perfectly fine. Is that what God is saying? Here's what I think it is, maybe. I would love to hear your thoughts, but here is mine. To the pure, all things are pure. My first thought is purity. In other words, when you hear something about someone is your first thought pure? Or do you immediately say, oh yeah, that's the kind of person I think they are. You give people the benefit of the doubt. Do you look for the good in a situation instead of the bad? Do you focus on and think first in a pure way to the pure? All things are pure. 
the pure in heart will see God because God is focused on them. But finally, the pure in heart will see God because the pure heart is focused on God. 2 Chronicles, after David had committed that sin of numbering the people, chapter 29, and God sent out his punishment. And then he said, here's how you stop the punishment. Offer this sacrifice. And David said about God, I know that you are watching and you test the hearts. Therefore, I come willingly. I'm focused on God if I'm pure heart because God is watching. And David understood that. And the pure heart is watching God, focused on God, and doesn't mind being focused on God. Because that's what the pure heart does. The pure heart is focused on God through faith. Hebrews 10 and verse 22. That's how we do it. We approach God through faith. That's how I'm focused on Him. If your faith is wavering, maybe your heart is becoming impure. But if I stay focused on God in faith during all those difficult times, my heart can remain pure. I honor God through obedience. Seeing you've purified your souls in obeying the truth out of a pure heart, 1 Peter 1 and verse 22. The pure heart is focused on God and wants to approach Him and honor Him in obedience. Obedience doesn't always mean I'll do it and I love it. Sometimes it means I'll do it. But it doesn't feel good. I might want to do something else, but I'll do it. And the pure heart is focused on God through love. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. How do I know if I have a pure heart? Do you love people? Do you have a real love and concern and genuine care about other people who are in trouble? Or people who just don't know the Lord, do you really love them? Do you really care? I'm going to see God 
whether I want to or not. But the pure in heart will see him. They'll be appreciative of it. They'll be excited about it. And the pure in heart knows that God is focused on them. Now, I need to know that I have a pure heart. Because the sins of life don't need to damage that pure heart. I can always get another one from the Lord. But if I continue under the watchful eye of God to develop my faith, to obey regardless, and to love all of the time, then I can stand before God as a pure-hearted person. And I keep managing those problems in life, and when they start to damage that heart, it's time to do something about it. Maybe that's you. Maybe you feel that those sins of life have actually begun to damage your heart. The Lord said, come on. I'll give you a new one. I'll take the stony one away and give you a fleshy one. And every child of God can return. If you've never obeyed your Lord in baptism, then you don't have the heart he wants you to have. Oh, you could be a good person, but you're not pure in heart. And you don't want to see God without having the heart that he wants you to have. Our prayer is for you. Our shepherds are waiting for you. If you need help today, let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.